Hello and welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading and I am joined by my Light Reading colleagues. This time it's an editor's only podcast. Uh, please say hello to Kelsey Zeiser. Hello, Phil. <laughs> and please say hello to Jeff Baumgartner. Hey, everybody. That's awkward that I said, please say hello too, because you're not sure if I'm talking to you or to someone else. I'm talking well, I to myself once in a while. Like, I, I was talking to the proverbial audience, but then <laughs> I thought they're probably just saying like hello. The royal and, we. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're, they're like answering along in their cars or whatever, and 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 then they're hearing nothing. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, um, as you might expect, I am so loaded on cold medication right now. Uh, it, it is the first podcast we're recording of the new year, 2020. <laughs> and I had a cold all during the holiday uh, time. And I still do. And my voice will hopefully hold on uh, to get us through this one podcast. But um, we couldn't just, you know, kick off the year without acknowledging that CES is uh, coming up uh, this week by the time you hear this. And it's uh, not as big a deal in terms of our normal service provider and 5G type coverage, but it's always a big deal in terms of consumer video, smart home stuff, and uh, just general over-the-top uh, video moves. And this time we wanted to uh, really focus on subscription video on demand, SVOD, and talk about what are some of the big, uh, big companies to watch and some of the things that possibly uh, Jeff Baumgartner, who's heading to CES, will be uh, will be running into. Um, so, uh, uh, oh, and I also want to report that uh, Jeff and Kelsey are not sick, so they'll sound better. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> so a good because uh, I'm sure the other other thing I'm thinking is like the person listening to this in their car is like, I cannot listen to that nasal drone for you know 15 minutes or whatever. Um, don't worry, you won't have to. Um, in <laughs> fact, I have a question already that I want to throw to the both of you. Um, what do we think are going to be the big uh, SVOD names to watch in 2020? Um, obviously, I'll, I'll lead off by saying, obviously, you know, Netflix is always going to be way up there, king of the mountain, so to speak. And Amazon Prime is always going to be uh, one to watch. But holy lord there are so many companies doing this now <laughs> um so yeah which ones are which ones are you keeping an eye on um i think from my end of it um I, there's the two new ones that are coming right you've got um peacock from nbc universal that's gonna launch i think in april uh even though they're gonna kind of more they're gonna emphasize you know more of the ad supported model I think than the uh, the standalone subscription model, even though they'll mm -hmm. have that option. And then of course, uh, HBO Max. You know, it's that supersized SVOD service coming in May. It's going to start at like fifteen dollars per month, and maybe a cheaper ad supported version in twenty twenty one. So I mean, those are the two new ones on the horizon. You know, and then of course, you know, we know Disney Plus, right? I mean, that launched lot uh, late last year, and yeah, I was going to ask about that one. Yeah, I mean, we're going to learn. Probably have you been watching The Mandalorian? You know, that's the only thing I've really watched on it, you know, and that's been one of the things that's kind of popped up is, um, you know, are they going to be able to uh, maintain kind of a cadence, you know, of new originals like that to kind of keep people 
keep subscribers engaged enough, you know, versus having access to all that catalog content. So I got to be honest, I yeah, watched I, I the whole thing. A, and I've, I've kind of dropped off of it for a while. Yeah. I heard from a friend that that was the only thing that was only content that was really appealing to him on Disney mm -hmm. plus. And it seems, um, kind of crazy to have a whole subscription service just for one show. And apparently I heard they're not coming out with a second season until the fall, which is around the time that you would need to um, re-up your subscription. Um, I haven't verified any of that, but that's just what he, he shared with me. Yeah. I think, I, I think you're, you make a good point in terms of uh, yeah. Like what, what's going to kind of, keep people coming, you know, I mean, it's, it has a, an interesting library. I mean, they have all the Marvel stuff and Star Wars, other, you know, the movies, you know, that if you want to uh, stream those, but uh, you know, I think they're going to learn that uh, they're, they're going to have to, you know, kind of maintain a queue of, of brand new stuff to keep the monthly customers on board and not to churn out. I mean, I have like a year subscription for, through Verizon because I have an unlimited plan. So I'm just kind of along for the ride for the first year. So I guess we'll, we'll see where I'm at. You know, mm -hmm. here. That's a great point. Um, yeah. It probably depends on their market too. Cause um, I mean, it's the example, the friend I'm giving is um, he doesn't have kids. So <laughs> I imagine, you know, folks mm -hmm. with kids who want to watch frozen and Moana over and over, you know, maybe Disney Plus would be more of a pull to them and they're not as concerned about new content, but it will be interesting to see what else they come up with in yeah. addition to the Mandalorian. And I think that you kind of bring up like one of the, uh, the possible weaknesses of Disney Plus that uh, Warner Media tries to bring up with the, uh, the HBO Max service they're putting together. You know, they, they feel that, uh, you know, they're going to be able to serve yeah, broader demographic um, than Disney Plus, and, and kind of appeal to uh, you know uh, you know a lot far beyond kind of the younger set or Star Wars fans and so forth. I think there's a big uh, appeal with the back catalog, but like Kelsey brings up, it's only gonna that's only gonna take them so far. Once everybody gets over, um, uh, and it may take a while, but once everybody gets over the idea that, oh, wow, I can stream anything Star Wars or Marvel anytime I want, um, they're still going to they're still going to hit that point where they're going to be like, OK, what what what's out there that I haven't seen yet? And original content. Actually, let me amend that original exclusive content is going to be um the key currency for these services. Uh, the Mandalorian is a great example because it's a, it's, it's in that whole star Wars universe. It's a very high quality show. I liked it a lot. It's e easy to watch, easy to binge, and I can't get it anywhere else. I can't even rent it somewhere else. And I think yeah. that's uh that's a, a, a real win for Disney plus because every time you hear somebody talking about Baby Yoda or one of the characters from it, you know that the only place they can get that is by streaming it. They can't possibly, you know, uh, see it anywhere else. So um, that's that's going to be a big deal. Yeah, it's like how how quickly they can uh, energize these companies to crank out new content. I guess. Yeah, and I think that they they're yeah. kind of. Growing. I don't have Disney Plus, so I, oh, I was yeah. just going to say I've had to ask. 
people to oh. explain the Baby Yoda thing to me because <laughs> I don't have <laughs> Disney Plus. I'm like, what? It, who's what? baby? Like, where did he come from? Why is he a baby? <laughs> well, not to advocate this, but you'll have to uh, you have to engage in some password sharing. You know, find a friend who will. Uh, that might <laughs> yeah. give me a trouble to suggest, but yeah. Yeah, indeed. Uh, that could that that could definitely get us in trouble. But um, but uh, that's yeah, that's that's where they they are. So I I guess um, so those are the big names. Yeah, I mean you know HBO Max, uh, the AT and T thing, uh, Disney Plus, obviously Netflix, uh, w- which we've named, and then like you said, uh, uh, the ones the, I, I feel like the ones that haven't launched yet are almost the more interesting ones. Well, the other, yeah, the other one I would mention is like Apple TV Plus, you know, I mean, that has a smaller library, but I think it kind of got more interesting to me, you know, with news, uh, I think it was just uh, last couple of days of this recording that, uh, you know, the former HBO exec, uh, Richard Plepler, you know, signed this exclusive production deal to help them kind of build out that service. So, I mean, that could be interesting if it sees to see if, you know, HBO's loss is kind of Apple's gain there and if they can develop, uh, you know, some sort of Game of Thrones level show. Um, I mean, I have Apple TV Plus. Uh, I haven't watched one show yet, but, uh, you know, I, I just haven't had time to dig into it. And then the other one I, I mentioned is CBS All Access, you know, because they're kind of taking that Dis- – uh, Disney Plus has kind of taken a page from their book, uh, their playbook, because they're, they're kind of focused on the uh, – to kind of drive subscriptions with uh, new Star Trek stuff. So, you know, they had the Star Trek Discovery series, and and uh, I think they have one called Picard that's going to come out later this month, you know. So that so that's what they're kind of doing to help drive interest, you know, with very new exclusive titles, you know, that have kind of a big fan base kind of built in. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I also wanted to point out too, for anybody listening, you know, if, if, if it's not obvious, I mean, one of the reasons we are kind of digging in on some of this stuff, uh, even though we cover, you know, the service provider market is that this is a, a a huge demand driver for bandwidth, both on the mobile side and the wired side, um, in service provider, uh, you know, for, for service providers, um, Netflix has always been a demand driver, but with these competing services, um, this is both a revenue threat in terms of pay TV being uh, precipitously on the decline and uh, and a revenue opportunity in that people really are going to uh, make sure they have really solid broadband connections when they're, uh, you know, getting in get, you know, when their entire connection to the entertainment world is, uh, you know, mostly streaming video and SVOD subscriptions, um, that's going to be a big deal. So it, it definitely matters. Um, there's a, there's a slightly, um, uh, side angle to all of this, uh, cause I want to talk about how service providers will benefit from all the, all the, the market momentum, uh, that's happening in this space. The market momentum I would define is not just new services launching and people competing for shows, but what Jeff just brought out, this whole idea of these guys are going to go hunting each other's uh, talent. They're going to go after the big names. They're going to sign, you know, and they have been signing uh, huge entertainment deals. So how does that all reflect back on the service provider market? Um, in reading up on this stuff, um, one of the OVAM analysts, uh, Guillermo uh, 
Escofet, if I'm saying his name right, it might be Escofet, uh, from London, our uh, London-based team in Ovum. Um, he put together some numbers around bundling. And you know he was sort of forecasting what's going to be the add-on effect to bundling over the top media services with 5G? You know, is this going to help service providers? And, you know, he, he his forecast says that uh, there's going to be about $4.9 billion in 5G bundling media revenue that's going to be generated by 2024. Um, but what's interesting is he doesn't think that any of that is going to be additional revenue for operators. Um, most of that revenue is going to go to the OTT media partners, uh, the Hulus of the world and the Amazon Primes. And um, he said that for the most part, these bundling deals are going to be lost leaders for operators, uh, even if the you know name recognition helps them. Um, so it's going to end up mattering for service providers in a completely different way. In other words, it's going to boost their, hopefully their user acquisition, their retention, their average revenue per user in the 5G world when they're trying to push 5G services. So that's going to be yet another area where these um, SVOD services, uh, I would say it's weird. They, they, they both matter a lot to service providers, but they also are, um, you know, really taking quite a bit of revenue off the table. Yeah. The, so in, in that sense is the, uh, then the idea is to kind of use an SVOD service as kind of a lure or a carrot just to get, a uh, customer to sign on for a 5g service is that essentially the uh yeah they're they're saying that with the Mm -hmm. you know he he sort of counts these as like this is the bundling uh, Mm -hmm. of like uh you know okay if you get our unlimited package um not only is that you know that's the one we have for our 5g phones and along with that you get like a year subscription to hulu or whatever yeah that kind of tells me that um you know, they're, they're still kind of grasping at uh, like what actual new service or application a consumer is going to need, actually need, you know, to take a 5G service. You know, this is just kind of like, well, get this and we'll give you that, even though the two may not directly correlate, you know, outside it, of, you know, some additional capacity. But, you know, we exactly. Can and yeah. it's it's strange to me that they're not thinking more about other media products, but I guess they don't want to dampen 5G's appeal by bundling in home broadband because that would sort yeah. of, you know, supposedly if you have one, you don't, you know, you, you won't need as, as much of the other one. Uh, although that's also up for debate. Um, well, maybe they'll, you know, kind of become like banks, you know, it's like, Hey, sign up, we'll give you a toaster. You know, that's, <laughs> maybe that's the direction they're going with it. Uh, Kelsey, this is a good Actually, time. I need a new toaster. I was going to say, Kelsey, what what uh, what kitchen and or home appliance would it take to get you to change five G carriers? <laughs> it could be a vacuum cleaner, um, but but let's get as specific I as we can. Do need a yeah? I do need a new toaster and a new microwave. Um, I just bought a steam mop. Does that? count <laughs> sure, why not? maybe a wet a wet fat a wet dry vacuum sorry i've been like on a i've been on a cleaning kick <laughs> over this the is, holidays this is <laughs> so. this is perfect but it would not surprise me if if uh if suddenly there's like yeah you know like toasters and all kinds of things i, I mean i know jeff said it in, in jest but i really do believe they're gonna 
go that route. They're going to find, uh, I mean, cause if you look at what they're doing now, they're bundling in things like Amazon prime, which is, you know, nice, but they're also bundling in like title, the music service. Um, they're basically trying to bundle any kind of media service that doesn't come from Google or Apple. If you noticed, <laughs> it's like the carriers. I love are... a Spotify premium yeah. subscription. I, I do think that's go a with good that hook. toaster. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I I do think it's because a good... I'm just so tired of their ads. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, it's a good hook, though, yeah. right? It's it's they're a... all about Charmin toilet paper or hefty trash bags <laughs> or all their advertisements. Uh-huh. <laughs> the... I don't need that many trash bags. I know the the um, <laughs> the one that's even even more obnoxious is uh, is going back to just because I was listening to uh, some sports talk over the holiday, it reminded me of how much I hate local radio where it's completely commercial fit and how many, um, (laughs) how many used car and uh, accident attorneys there are in my geographic area. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Hurt on the job. Oh my God. They all have commercials and they all target sports radio for some reason. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, we we, we accident prone demographic maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we've we've uh, well a lot of cars on the road I guess, but we've also veered way off topic. Um I I I wanted to kind of uh, you know put one more question out there which was um you know how do I guess bundling benefits the companies that don't own the studios, you know that that aren't um bought into this whole uh over the top media uh you know, they don't have a a media title to push like Comcast does with uh, NBC Universal's uh, Peacock service that's upcoming, but um, uh, I guess the other thing is: is have we really seen a clear, defined benefit? You know, from uh, owning a media company um, in, in terms of uh, generating broadband subscriptions or wireless subscriptions or general, you know, positive service provider metrics. Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of uh, allows those companies to spread their bets out a little bit and, you know, get, get a little push and pull happening, you know, at, at the same time. Uh, you know, and obviously AT&T and Comcast are, you know, two, the two prime examples there. You know, even though, you know, the pay TV subscription base is declining and, uh, you know, it's going to continue to do so, I think, in 2020. You know, uh, I think that they're, they're, it's going to slow down a little bit um, because the virtual MVPDs aren't really making up the difference as much, and they're also raising prices. So that's kind of eliminates one of the uh, reasons they were supposed to exist, you know, is to drive down some of those prices. But yeah. to your point, yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, like at and and Comcast, I mean, they'll get some help on the content side with these new SEOD services. So they'll get a piece of that action and, you know, be a player. And, you know, the fact that uh, it, it also helps that both traditional and virtual MVPDs also carry the programming. So, you know, they're still getting paid, you know, one way or another, even though, you know, the dis- distribution pay TV service is struggling. Yeah. Um yeah, that makes sense. I, I wonder too, is there any other benefit from the companies that don't own the media uh, conglomerates 
uh, besides that bundling, you know, using those guys to kind of hold on to subscribers. Um, I, I don't really see it. it. I guess I guess boosting broadband usage in general is the only thing I could come up with. Yeah, I think with the kind of that other group, yeah, the ones that don't own studios, which is you know, everybody else, <laughs> I think that uh, you know a lot of them are, are still. I mean, they still have the way what their options are, right? Do they invest in an upgraded platform for TV, you know, pay TV, and work with you know like a Movi TV or a TiVo, or do they halt? investment in their pay tv products and just let those customers fall off and uh on the tv side but keep them as broadband customers you know or do they team up with a virtual mvpd to help kind of bridge the gap if they're not gonna invest in pay tv so i mean there's kind of a mixed bag there i mean there's a lot of examples you know for all three of those scenarios right now there's not really a uniform strategy unfolding there but you know i think broadband is kind of the common thing amongst them and then but you know the the then you got dish which is facing a different challenge you know since they don't have that broadband angle in a strong way yet even though you know maybe they would down the road if this sprint t-mobile deal does happen and they become this big 5g carrier you know that they can deliver you know home broadband uh that that can compete Boy, that's one massive thing I didn't have in my notes, which is, yeah, that's that's yeah. A, another huge unknown for this whole market is yeah. is Dish Network, you know, the, lar- the the one with arguably as much pay TV reach as anybody else has ever had. Are they going to suddenly flip and become a mobile carrier? Um, and then what would they do? Uh, you know, what what pay what uh, uh, video on demand or SVOD services would they be pushing or would they be uh, buddying up with? That'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, Kelsey, uh, s- slight subject switch, but we're kind of wrapping up. Uh, have you ever been to the Consumer Electronics Show or as it's called now, CES? Because initials are cool. <laughs> I haven't, but I've I've heard much about it that it's um it sounds a little scary <laughs> yeah it is it, but you've Just been to mobile in, world um, congress yeah. which is kind of like you know that that that's also like i would say mobile world congress if you've been to one or the other that's they're very similar in that um yeah over- been to mobile world congress and overwhelmingness yeah. <laughs> right yeah lots of um light and <laughs> new yeah. technology and just i don't know you're just bombarded and your cortisol levels are all off and <laughs> right lots of blinking walking things. all over the place lots of people talking at the same time yeah yeah um jeff you're uh you're heading yeah. to ces uh by the time people hear this you will already be uh, on the ground there hopefully not mm-hmm. on the floor but just on the ground um, <laughs> yeah um, he's and- like i give up already <laughs> <laughs> gonna hit the deck that's right is there uh a particular uh highlight or thing we should look for in your coverage in in the in the in the coming days or anything you're targeting to sort of dig into yeah that's always been the challenge with ces like every year it's like okay what you know is there going to be a common theme you know that that you can kind of hang your hat on yeah based on our audience and and you know uh, and, and what we cover and yeah. you know, it's it's become like more of a challenge each year with CES because it it's, tends to get uh, you know, bigger and bigger and, and going into a lot of different areas. But uh, you know, as I looked at the schedule and tried to dig in and, and kind of pick my spots, I mean, 
Uh, yeah, I don't expect there to be a lot of earth-shattering stuff, you know, on the video and pay TV side, maybe some uh, uh, or some explosive new thing. I think we'll see some incremental announcements um, that kind of advance the ball a little bit. Um, you know, the most significant thing, you know, uh, could be, you know, what this new company Quibi is going to talk about in their keynote, you know, they're and expand on this idea of like premium short form mobile focused video product that, you know, Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman are going to uh, talk about. Um, yeah. you know, uh, I'm not sure how that's going to take off or not, you know, go 90, you know, the Verizon thing didn't really, uh, you know, didn't work <laughs> at all. Yeah. Uh, but I'd be interested to see what they said. I mean, there might be some 8K announcements, you know, that, that um, some advancements there ahead of the summer games in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. right. And um, the other thing where I think there will be some news is uh, some product and deployment activity with uh, ATSC 3.0. It's this next-gen broadcast TV signaling standard, which, you know, sounds really exciting, I know. But the general idea is to bring... <laughs> like OTT-like capabilities to broadcast TV and do you know, 4K video, advanced advertising, interactive applications, you know, it slices, it dices, it, I don't know if it'll Julian fries, but I mean, it, it's <laughs> a whole bunch. Um, so I'll, I'll be spending some time, you know, trying to figure out, you know, uh, how, how, uh, you know, how much progress they've made there. Yeah, like where the, where, uh, how, how much more multimedia can broadcast television get? And, um, yeah, that's interesting. Cause that could be, uh, yeah, it could definitely be a competitive development. Um, I, I am interested in that, uh, Katzenberg Whitman company because, um, it, we, what we haven't seen, we saw Verizon's go 90, but what we haven't seen is someone from the content side actually target the mobile, uh, video audience and, you know, see, you know, kind of put the, put a company together that way. You know, I mean, Verizon was doing it mostly from the network side. So. Yeah. Like from a very high level premium focus, you know, versus, yeah, you know, some guy on YouTube, you know, with, you know, going around doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, this, this sounds like more you know, premium high level scripted, you know, uh, series, but in very, in kind of bite-sized chunks. So uh, I mean, it's an interesting idea if they can, you know, content is king, as they say, and, you know, it'll have to be compelling, uh, you know, as a baseline, you know, for it to yeah. even have a chance. I know it's such an interesting time to launch something like that too, because of like what we just said, all this, all the uh, competitors hitting this market at the same time. And, you know, and like, like I have to keep reminding myself that to, you know, Peacock and, uh, HBO Max, you know, haven't even launched yet. So it's like there's st we're still we're we're still sort of waiting to see what the impact of all of these guys being in the market at the same time is going to be. Um, so yeah, it should be exciting. We look forward to your uh, to your coverage. Um, before we go, uh, Kelsey, Jeff, uh, who what's your what's your most uh, your your most highly recommended uh, cold remedy for me this weekend? <laughs> Uh, I think you should make a hot toddy. It's um, you just boil some water and you can add uh, like a shot of brandy and some lemon juice. It's quite nice. All right. It'll help you forget you have a cold. For a while. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I was going to, you know, maybe, you know, if you, this just might also, thinking on it. Yeah, this might also make you forget is, you know, like uh, a few shots of Jägermeister and some chicken soup, you know, maybe. <laughs> it might make me forget a lot. Yeah. Well, all right. I'll do my best to forget that I have a cold. We'll leave How it come there. Phil's not at work on Monday? <laughs> That's right. I do, I do actually have to work Monday. On the floor. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, well, Jeff's already got his mind in. I did in, have uh, one quick question. Um, yeah. For Jeff about CES, uh, there <laughs> there seems to be um, a session that's called "This Is Not Underwear." Are you planning on attending that? I'm on the panel. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I uh, yeah, I don't think I saw. I, that I think it was. <laughs> I think it was under the um, the yeah. fitness and wearables. <laughs> Yeah, I'll look at the schedule. And yeah, that might be one to attend. <laughs> yeah, I'll see if I can drop by. I'm not, so that's yeah, part gotta, of the Digital gotta, Health Summit. Got to do a better job of uh, vetting our uh, speaking opportunities. I'll uh, I'll make that my New Year's resolution <laughs> while I'm at it. All right. Uh, <laughs> like, Jeff, who came up with the title on this session? But got hey, my works. attention. <laughs> yeah, it got my attention too. Yeah, right? <laughs> definitely better than the uh, the usual. Uh, uh, you know, the future of blank, you know, or whatever. <laughs> drums, um, drums, drums. Jeff, uh, safe travels and uh, 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 thanks for the cold remedy or whatever that was. I appreciate sure. it. Uh, Kelsey, thanks so much. I think that was like for a college student. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sorry, uh, Kelsey, thanks so much for, uh, for, for chiming in as well. And uh, uh, you there with the headphones, thanks for listening to the Light Reading Podcast. We will be back again very soon. Bye.